Welcome to Impact AI, brought to you by Pixel Scientia Labs. I'm your host, Heather Couture. On this podcast, I interview innovators and entrepreneurs about building a mission-driven, machine-learning-powered company. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to my newsletter to be notified about new episodes. Plus, follow the latest research in computer vision for people in planetary health. You can sign up at pixelscientia.com newsletter. Today, I'm joined by guest Arison Bayram, Director of AI and Data Science at Perimeter Medical Imaging AI, to talk about tissue imaging during cancer surgery. Arison, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Arison, could you share a bit about your background and how that led you to Perimeter? My undergrad is in electrical engineering, focusing on signal image processing part, and uh, master's in computer science. I moved towards the computer vision, medical imaging, and the PhD in biomedical engineering, focusing on magnetic resonance imaging. And during my master's and PhD, I started looking into neural networks, self-organizing maps, and some of the pattern recognition-related algorithms. Back then, the accuracy was not there, of course. And then I joined GE Healthcare's MR division as an engineer working on developing MR solutions. And 16 years with that company, the last five years have been heavily focused on the AI advances. We start working on the AI, and I'm really passionate about the oncology in general. I had family members impacted from cancer that I wanted to continue in the oncology space. I was the director of oncology at G Healthcare when Perimeter Opportunity came as the director of AI and data science position. That was, in a sense, dream come true. I can still work on oncology, make an impact on a really deadly disease, and also start focusing entirely on the AI side and data science aspect. That was an easy decision. And it's been a little bit over a year now since I've been with Perimeter Medical Imaging AI. So what does Perimeter do, and why is this important for cancer outcomes? Perimeter is a medical technology company. We aim to transform the surgical oncology that right now, basically, we are using optical coherence tomography technology. If you go to an eye doctor, you get your retina scan. So we're using similar concept into basically the margin assessment. And the idea is basically provide real-time margin visualization to the surgeons at the time of surgery versus pathology report confirming if that was a clean excision or there was some still positive margins. We wanted to provide that feedback at the time of surgery using AI and big data. So the goal is to reduce the chance that the patient might need a second operation if some cancer were left behind. Is that the idea? Exactly. The surgeon might be able to look into the images and then they might be able to go back and take extra shaves. Or there might be also benefits not to carve out a healthy tissue more than needed. So it might also reduce some of the subsequent surgeries, reconstructive surgeries, for instance. So what role does machine learning play in this technology? Our current product does not have the machine learning available, but it is a works in progress technology development right now. And what we are trying to do is basically a decision aid support system. To, when we scan a particular margin, if you think a tumor in simple terms, like a cube, there are six margins. And every margin, both cities, the high resolution, thin slice scans, you might have several hundred images to sift through, and it is a substantial amount of information for a surgeon to assess at the time of surgery. 
AI is there to basically point to potential suspicious findings and help with the productivity aspect. That is what we are trying to develop right now. So is this a model that would segment out potential areas of concern on the OCT scans then and then display that to the surgeon? That's the idea. We are not segmenting. Since the OCT doesn't have a depth of penetration, we have about two millimeters. We just basically crop out an area that we call patch and we basically flag them as thumbnail images to the surgeon and then mark them on the specimen image as a localizer. So they will be able to go to the area of interest. We don't need to do a segmentation or measurement in a sense. It's a binary decision for the surgeon. Should I take an extra shave or I got everything out? Should I close this patient and then finish the surgery? Gotcha. That makes sense. How do you gather and annotate data in order to train a system like this? That is one of the challenging parts. The data has to come from our device since we are using our own OCT images as input and our gold standard is the pathology reports. So we need to correlate pathology report against our OCT images. So we had our own clinical trials collaborating with academic sites to gather that type of data. So it is time consuming and cost the process to be able to gather that image. And then it requires expertise to be able to label that data properly. That's how we formed the basis of our initial AI model. Are there expert clinicians that are very familiar with OCT and they can look at a scan and say, this is the area of concern and this one's not? Is, is that how they annotate? We have a two-layered labeling system. So we have our own, again, OCT is not a mainstream imaging modality. We have our own subject matter experts who understands the OCT images really well. So they do the initial reader labeling and then train pathologists, surgeons. So there is a clinical expert, a clinical labeler, and they review. And if they disagree with the reader labeler, initial labels, then we consolidate that. And again, the gold standard is the correlation to the pathology report. What kinds of challenges do you encounter in working with OCT imagery? As I mentioned, we need the data. We need to have both our OCT images and the pathology report that corresponds with that. So we cannot just go out and then look for random images. The second piece is, I think, any medical imaging healthcare-related AI solution will run into, the data will be very skewed. You will see a lot of negatives before you see a positive case. So the number of positive cases you can find to build your model accurately, it will take time. Are there any other unique challenges related to OCT specifically? You know, the OCT imagery that I've looked at in the past is fairly noisy, but I know it's just the nature of that modality. Does that change or affect how you would approach training a machine learning model on it? We have done our own baseline and collect the data with the sufficient SNR. So that is not something user controllable. So we have established the base SNR that will give us an accurate and reliable results. So that part is not a concern. And we have tissue specimen is sitting on the surface, the image quality is, I think, adequate. And as a future technology development, we are looking into ways to use AI to improve the image quality further as well. What role does model explainability play? Is it an important part or is model accuracy more critical? I would say both are important, especially in the oncology space. You need to have a very accurate model to basically have a healthcare-based solution. 
but the model has to be enabled. There's this human element as well. The end users have to trust what the AI is doing. So you need to be able to explain what the AI model is thinking. So we're looking at class activation maps to really visualize what model is seeing. So that really helped us to understand our development efforts as well. Once we understand what the model is seeing, that explainability, I think, even our own AI data scientists, once we understand what is tripping the AI model more visually and specifically with class activation map type visual tools, we were able to feed better data, the curation of the data also improved. I would say both are really critical. Will the class activation maps be displayed to the clinician in the end product, or is that something more for development and used more as a tool to improve your models? We are using it right now more for improving the model. And again, this is works in development. Things might change down the road. I cannot really comment on the final version, but right now we are not intending to display them. It might be an information overload in a sense. You need to really give the surgeons the information they're looking at. So the end result for the surgeon is just those binary decisions on each margin. It's a binary decision and the images, like if they click on an image, so we kind of create a dashboard, suspicious findings. If they click on an image, it takes them to the exact location on the specimen image for them to review that area. Ultimate decision rests with physician. How does the regulatory process affect the way you develop machine learning models? In particular, thinking back towards the early stages of a project and how you develop your product, does it dictate what you do from the beginning, knowing that you'll be going through that process? Absolutely. So being in a regulated industry versus developing an AI solution in a normal consumer type approach are two different things. You should have data rights to be able to use those data for model building. That's why we needed to have our own clinical studies at the beginning to be able to extract data. So you cannot just go out and get data. You need to have the source and the consent for those data rights for product use as well as regulatory submission. But that's one aspect you need to pay attention. And the other aspect is when you're working on a regulated solution, ultimately, you need to have the traceability on many items. So AI is rapidly evolving. You cannot really update your models and just release a new one. You have to go through the approval processes and regulatory processes. Does the regulatory process you're planning for it affect any other aspects of how you train models, how you plan for it? Do you intentionally validate more thoroughly from the beginning, things like that? Yeah, from the beginning, everything, you have to have more traceability, the data sources, you have to look into the performance with objective criteria. And we are having a revision control so we can go back and roll back to a previous model. So everything is more true and you should be able to audit every aspect of your AI development. And there are design controls in place we have to follow the tools we use for our labeling of our data has to be approved tools to use officially. So everything is under strict quality management control. Another topic I want to hit on is hiring, you know, particularly in the machine learning field right now. Engineers are in very high demand. So what approaches to recruiting and onboarding have been most successful for your team? There is a skewed supply demand curve, for sure. It has been a challenge to compete with some of the more FANG-type companies with, to recruit these type of resources. 
So for us, I think one of the key items is if you find the talent that has the medical imaging background and they have the foundational skills, then it's full thinking and they have basic Python skills, you can train them and you can ramp up them to become good AI scientists. So instead of looking for the full expertise, senior AI talent, we can look for the potential of someone becoming that really good AI scientist and nurture them and build their skill set as part of the mentorship. And we're also utilizing internship opportunities as well to tap into the talent and also develop a potential pipeline for recruiting as well. So having some medical imaging domain knowledge is helpful going into it by the sounds of it. Once someone joins your team, how do they work to learn more about the medical imaging aspect to collaborate with experts in those areas to be sure they can develop better machine learning models based on that knowledge? Yeah, we are utilizing our interpretation of the agile development. And when we have a new hire, so they are part of the team, but they become an independent contributor and they are assigned to a mentor uh, and they work on a project. I strongly believe in learning by doing. So we try to build the skill set by coming up with simple projects that we need that will benefit them to learn the Python, PyTorch better. Those are maybe the building blocks. It may not be the most critical task to do at that point, but it might be critical to ramp up the skill set of the employee. And then as they ramp up and pick up the pieces of the puzzle, eventually they become self-sufficient and they can start leading a project on their own. But initially they're part of a team, but they can be mentored properly. And there are a lot of resources with AI-related items online, so it doesn't take much for someone to start playing pre-trained networks. You can really fail safe, fail early, experiment with it. Is there any advice you could offer to other leaders of AI-powered startups? Coming to a solution early on is important, but at the same time, the leaders need to think through the longer-term vision, managing the different iterations of the model, the ML upside, the glue that I think puts everything together. It may not be visible to the end users and the customers as much, but having the strategy around that and the data, also data management, I think is also another critical component. And I feel like the AI ecosystem is developing very quickly. If there are third-party companies that they can utilize in certain aspects, I think that's a good resource to tap into the expertise of others. Where do you see the impact of Perimeter in three to five years? I'm hoping basically we will see a positive outcome from, we have our pivotal clinical trial ongoing right now. I hope to see the proof that our AI and our OCT technology will demonstrate its clinical value. And hopefully we will have it out in the field. They've utilized with AI, our current commercial solution is without AI, just OCT technology. So I'm hoping we will have one or more AI solutions embedded onto the system, hopefully by that time frame. This has been great. Ariston, your team at Perimeter is doing some really interesting work in medical imaging for cancer surgery. I expect that the insights you've shared will be valuable to other AI companies. Where can people find out more about you online? They can contact our company website, and also they can find me on LinkedIn, Ariston Bayram, and then I'll be happy to get in touch with them directly. Perfect. Thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks again for the invitation. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Heather Couture, and I hope you join me again next time for Impact AI.
Thank you for listening to Impact AI. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. And if you'd like to learn more about computer vision applications for people and planetary health, you can sign up for my newsletter at pixelscientia.com newsletter.